Just like our relationships with friends, family, coworkers, and the like change over time, and just like how your views, beliefs, and values change over time, your relationship and your decisions on how you handle money should change over time as you increase your income and as your wealth grows. Today, we are going to review a few different ways of how our own relationships with money have changed over time and what we've observed working with hundreds of couples and individuals across the U.S. for the last 12 years. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and veterinary community across the United States, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources through our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, articles. You can even listen to our podcast through our website. That's pretty cool, right? You can go see all this by going to flvetadvisors.com. And if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, we really could use your help by rating and reviewing us on Apple or Spotify. If you don't use either of the platforms, that's fine. You can also go to our Facebook page, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast, and start following us and rate us on there. So Tom, obviously you and I've had so many conversations through the years for the last, I think we've been working, what, nine years, almost 10 years together, right? Yeah. Reflecting back on our lives and how our own relationship with money, especially when we were kids, when we got into our teen years and as we started businesses, got married, have kids, when it comes to our relationship with money, there's so many different miniature topics, I think, in this in this conversation. So we're going to bounce around a little bit for all the people that are listening today and to kind of essentially what pops into Tom and I's mind. Uh, I mean, this is literally completely unscripted, more conversational. Mm -hmm. And so just keep in mind, if we start bouncing around a little bit, that's why. There are things that we experience that our clients and people are always asking us around, how has your experience been? What's your relationship been? And we found that this could be helpful for some of you to really see what it is to be financial advisors and the experiences that we've even had ourselves. I know when I started in this career, there was this impression of not having enough money. And I'm sure there's a lot of you that are out there that might have the same feeling when it comes to not having enough. You feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck. And I know that really held me back from my willingness to make decisions that could help me for the longer term, along with just help my everyday stress and sanity. To kind of talk about that, like this never having enough money, idea. I got this friend of mine. He's a farm rep. Okay. He's made good money for the last like 17, mm -hmm. 18 years, whatever it is. His company's laying him off and, and he got like a whole year's worth of his income, like paid in one, one check, right? Literally 10 minutes after he gets let go, he's already starting to interview for other companies. And I'm like, dude, take a, take a breath. Like, why are, why are you rushing? So you've got a year's worth of your income. And so I, I can't think of any reason why someone would do that unless they're really got, they've really got that mindset of like, there's never enough. Now he might be in a bunch of debt. Like, I don't know his full situation. This is a friend of mine. Okay. This is not somebody that I'm, I, I don't see their balance sheet. I don't know their income, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about their financial life. I know they've got kids. 
so it, it was kind of interesting to see his response to being laid off and just like how he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried. I'm anxious. I gotta, I gotta get to my interviews and I'm going, bro, you just got a whole year's worth of income for free. Like take a month off. It's the summer, bro. You've got two kids. Why not spend some time with them? Now I didn't say it to him. I probably should have, right? Honestly. Um, but you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably circle back around with him soon to be like, you know, re- Hey man, relax. Like you only live once, right? Don't take life so seriously. You're not going to make it out alive anyway. Right. So yeah, I think it's just important to kind of recognize, like there are a lot of us, a lot of people that you're, that we've talked to that have that mindset. As things get more complicated. And when, when I say more complicated, it's just more decisions that need to be made, more responsibilities that get thrown on our laps. Our impressions and the use for money changes drastically. I know mine has over time. Well, I mean, like think about when you're a teenager, like you didn't have any overhead, right? You didn't have rent. Oh, yeah. You know, you live with your parents. You worked at Winn-Dixie. I think you worked at Winn-Dixie, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did. I was actually, was a, I was a cart boy and then I became a cashier, an assistant front end manager. And then I was like, I'm going to college. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, it's like, but like back then it was very different. Like your relationship with money didn't have to be the way it is today, right? Because now you're married, you've got one kid, right? So, yep. uh, well, I, and I remember thinking in like five dollar increments. Like if something was like ten bucks, I was like, hey, wait, hold on, pause. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta mull this decision over. Okay, it's probably like sixteen, seventeen, right? When I was like eighteen, I remember spending like a hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. They were like Steve Madden's, and they were boss. Like I, like I, I freaking love those <laughs> shoes. And I was right. thinking, I just spent a hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. That's like a ton of money. At 18, right? Now, I mean, granted, I, at that point, you get 18, 19, 20, I think there's these dramatic shifts, usually in income, especially if you're if you're in college. But I think we all, especially when we get married, right, there's a there's a shift there with our relationship with money because now there's three involved. It's no longer you and money, it's you, money, and a spouse and their money. And now we've got a whole nother dynamic of of how we make decisions. And I I will say, as I'm sitting here thinking about this too, once you start spending and you start doing anything in the first place, like I think even like financial planning or making a decision to go buy a house or purchase a car or the first time you decide to go on an overseas trip, there's always like a, a nervousness factor that's involved there. And then once you do it once, and then once you do it twice, it's like even the thought process of when there's been the transition from cash to credit cards where people can just actively just keep swiping. There is almost a detachment that we get because we do it so much. So we have to actually push the pause button here every so often because it's Yeah. And it's almost like there are people that suffer from the fear of the future. I Mm -hmm. I know that if I think about it, I have to make decisions today. So since I'm scared of the future, I'm not going to look into what I'm doing right now. And then there are people that actually fear the present. They're scared that they're going to spend too much money. And then like they're, they're scared of the future in a different way. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like avoidance behavior. If I'm scared of the present, it's really almost like I'm going to hoard my money. If I'm scared of the future in in the respect of maybe down the line, I won't have anything because I went on that trip to Europe, I'm going to be broke. Right. Or because I made this decision with my job, then, you know, I won't have the income that I desire. And it, kind of interesting how fear fear mostly drives those decisions. And when we grow up or depending on a relationship that we have with money, I know even myself, when I grew up, my dad used to be very, let's say, regimented about how, how he paid bills. I got to see a little bit about the finances. So I, I was able to learn some good skills to have when I was younger. 
And, you know, my frugality, I think, started when I was when I was younger. And then I think as I've gotten older, the perspective shift has changed. And, you know, the, the first thought that I always see from a lot of people, you know, even echo what you're saying there, CJ, is that you start working somewhere and the first impression people get is that they don't want to spend money because they're too concerned because of the future of like, I got to retire or um, I got to start putting money away into accounts that I can't even touch for the longest time. And then at the same time, there's people that completely just don't even focus on the future. And they're just like, I don't know. I don't even know what it's going to be, whatever it is. I'm just going to enjoy the now. And then they spend so much money just living life in, in the moment and they just never get ahead of themselves. And I know there's always that idea when it came to thoughts around money where, you know, money works like math. Money was a number. And what's so interesting about that is there's the human behavior element behind it that money really doesn't work like math. I mean, I'm sure you can echo on that, CJ. I think and there are many people that have said that, you know, if you if you followed any kind of financial talk, I mean, usually usually there's an agreement that, yeah, money doesn't work like math. Money does what you tell it to do. And more often than not, your own personal stresses, your beliefs, your values, all of those then play into what you're going to do with money. So it's not it's not exactly based on math. It's not an equation. Rather, it's very much so a physiological thing. Our bodies change when we get when we get scared and our our minds change when we get scared. We'll make decisions very differently based upon our belief of what we believe money should actually be doing for us. So I think recognizing even feelings, like a lot of people are worried about their feelings about money when really they, they got to kind of accept them and kind of see and examine them, mm -hmm. examine where those feelings are coming from. If you are scared to do something, why are you scared to do it? How were your parents with money? Like how did you grow up? I mean, we've, we've talked to so many people where like, we'll talk to one person and they're like, yeah, I grew up broke and I'm probably always going to be broke. And that's just how it is. But then that, you know, another person is like, yeah, I grew up broke, but I, but I made a decision that I was never going to be broke again. And so like all of their decisions is made to, to gather money. It's not, it's not so much of what experience did you have growing up, but how did your brain interpret that experience and how is that driving your behavior? How is that driving your feelings? And just acknowledge it, right? Like feelings are not, they, they don't have to be good or bad. Feelings are just feelings. Feelings are information. Mark Rackett wrote a book around how feelings are information. Like, so you examine your feelings, examine that information and what it's telling you. And more often than not, that might be why you're not meeting with a financial advisor. That might be why you're in debt all the time. That might be why you don't have any money in your savings account. That might be why you're not putting money in your 401k. That might be why you don't own a home. It might be even on the flip side of it. It might be why you have a bunch of money in your bank account and you're not doing anything. Right. <laughs> it That's be, true too. Right? I remember having some conversation with people lately and they just hoard, they're hoarding cash in their bank accounts and they just they're just incredibly frugal and they're afraid to spend their money. And it's why, why is that the case? And I've, I've lived with that for a very long time. And I think I've had a mental shift over the last five to seven years. My, my shift has changed. So oftentimes we put an, a large emphasis on the big things in our relationships when really it's the small things that matter. Even the relationship, I'm, again, I'm thinking of another author, John Gottman, right? He talks, they're like relational things with marriage and stuff. It's the day-to-day. -day. It's the little small things in a relationship that make a relationship good. Well, hey, guess what? It's the little small things that you're doing with money on a day-to-day -day basis that is actually affecting your financial life. It's not the big things that happen. 
Not usually. Big things can happen like car accidents or, or even good things like a huge right. pay raise. Like There are things in your life that are going to help propel you or even hold you back. But at the end of the day, it's the consistency of how you make decisions. It's that latte that you buy every afternoon at 2 p.m., the, the you know the venti decaf no whip with mocha triple pumps of chocolate in it well that's that's mine <laughs> that's 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 just mine no one can have that that's just mine so think about all those things that you're doing day to day what what kind of consistency are you showing with your money like imagine tom imagine only paying attention to your wife once a month mm-hmm. i think i'd be divorced that's what i'm saying <laughs> like so imagine only paying attention to your money once a month all right what i mean what kind of what kind of effect is that going to have on your relationship with money? Like money's going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Money's not going to stick around. Most people do not know what they should get in insurance coverage. And we've created an assessment that helps walk through 10 quick questions to get a better understanding on the different areas that you should be looking at within your finances. This can give you a better idea of where you're exposed and give you a sense of what kind of education you should be spending time looking more into. To find the link to this assessment, look in the description of the show, click it, and go take it right now. So a lot of people ignore these things because their relationship with money historically has been subpar. So don't don't beat yourself up about it. If you're avoiding it, if you're if you're not really sure how you're working with money, if you have no idea how your actual relationship has been with money, take some time, reflect on it. And really consider how you might be able to make small changes on the day-to-day in order to help impact your financial life in a big way. And what I would add to that as well, we really tend to have a disconnected relationship when it comes to money at times because we usually automatically assume what other people are doing is what I should do or society paints this like path for Ooh, us of yeah. where how we should spend our money and what we should do with our money. And I find it very incredible when I hear all the time, what is what is something you want to do or what are your your goals that you want to accomplish? And it really comes down to I want to go buy a house. I want to travel the world. And like a lot of people have very similar things. It comes down to it where it's just like, are we all being kind of lazy brain to a certain point where it's just like we just automatically assume that's what we want and then that's what we're trying to get? Or is it really these things were, were, we don't have a lot of clear direction or guidance of what we really want from what we make. So it really holds us back from either, you know, spending and doing the things that we want to be doing for our short and long-term type ambitions, or we just sit here and don't do anything because of, we're, we're literally like a deer in the headlights and we're afraid of even taking a moment to explore what we truly generally want. I, I will say just as I'm thinking about this, like I've personally have experienced that to where I've don't know what I truly would want. And I would hold back and I would be like, am I doing this because I'm just doing it? Or am I going through the motions? Or is this something that I really want? And that really can be a great guiding tool for a lot of people. If you can take a moment to think about it. And reflection is oftentimes reflecting on what you want or not knowing what you want, or at least exploring what other people do with their money. I mean, we, you know, it, it, you don't have to go too far. I think Instagram, you can literally scroll through Instagram. You can see what other people are doing with their money. You know, more often than not, though, if you, if you don't have any kind of vision or direction for your own financial life, like when people say they want to retire, they don't have a vision for retirement. And so retirement is just like this thing that they want to do, but they never really get around to going, okay, but like, what does my retirement look like? 
what am I doing every mm-hmm. day? Am I golfing every day? Am I swimming every day? Like, am I volunteering at the, at the pet shelter? Like what, what exactly do I want to do in retirement? And that vision gives us the motivation and a lot of that, that real umph, the grit to go through what we need to go through in order to get where we want to be. And sometimes you just got to look around in your life and think about what, what models do you have when it comes to what other people are doing with money? Please help us spread the word about this podcast by liking the Smart Event Financial Podcast Facebook page. If you found this episode to be insightful, share it with a friend or two, help them be able to listen to the same podcast. We could really use your help to get others listening to the show. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. 2023158593 expires July 2023.